Radio Frontier. This is Football Daft with Stephen Purden. Midfield Dynamo and Average Archer. Chris Toll. Target man. Suspicious character. And... Welcome to Football Daft, the Daftest Scottish podcast around Daftest Football Scottish podcast. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is Bob that usually does this. Uh, he usually does a wee intro, but unfortunately, he's phoned in sick. Well, he's not actually sick, is he, Tob? No, he's not. He's not. He's, uh, he's doing his IKEA work today. Right. See, I can I start it. I'm going to grab it because I don't like no shows. I'm not a fan, you know? know and me. I know his pals are going to listen to this and then they're going to tell Bob. Ah oh, man, Grido's having a go at you for being half the, the podcast. Nah, or... you're not having a go at him. But right. what, what, what I will say is, you know the script. Family comes first, mate. He's right. had an issue with the Wayne's bed. He needs to build a new bed. So there we go. Let's what? let's let's soldier on without him. Right, okay. But imagine if you turned up your see for your work, right? You'd say, ah, oh, couldn't he come in the day? How how could you not come in? Exactly. I, I was making my Wayne's bed. <laughs> couldn't he come in? <laughs> exactly, mate. And then, I mean, Wait, let's this... get it right here. There's a difference between making a bed and building a fucking bed, all right? Aye, but you could see he was doing a bit, but he was kind of reminding me of myself and not taking pictures of the bed and kind of as if I were to go like that. Oh, son, oh, Christ. You know what I mean? <laughs> building a bed, mate. No, I think it was more like Casey. He thought that we would think he was ripping the piss, and that's why he put the photos in. Because <laughs> he thought that we would. That's the worst excuse ever. Let's get what's this guy on about. Come on, man. Get a grip of your soul. Anyway. Bob's off, he's no in. So first, a man who is considering writing the new Indiana Jones film and he's going to call it Indiana Jones and the search for a Celtic old fun win. <laughs> it's Christopher Toll. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. What's happening? Oh, mate, do you know what? I'm just, I've only got two more games to deal with this season and then it's a fresh, a fresh page. We're turning a fresh well, page. Well, that was Listen. one of the reasons why um, I was a wee bit kind of upset that Bob's not here because... He likes to get tore in, right? We beat his 4-1 on, on Sunday. He would be coming in all guns blazing. However, he's already done that this week, and I actually felt a wee bit sorry for you. We've got another podcast called Rangers Daft. It's on the Patreon. You can sign up to that. And I, it, it, I felt you were a, kind of, you were a tortured soul the other day, Tom, so you know, we've had enough. It, it Leave him not, alone! I, do you know what it's like? It's Leave like, him! <laughs> are you? Leave him. Continue. Leave him. <laughs> we thought we were alone. Right? <laughs> But I, it's, do you know what? It's been a long, hard, arduous season, and that was just the that was just the crescendo at the end. The Rangers absolutely bending us over and scalping their arses. So I, it was, and do you know what? I'm thinking, see, when it's at two one, I'm like, do you know what? They never really gave us a doing. <laughs> never gave us a doing. And then the next time, the next time, it's another couple of goals. But I, anyway, uh, aye, brilliant day. So brilliant day, as you say, and a completely. Opposite for us, for us Rangers, just outclass Celtic this whole season. It's, it, it, it doesn't need me to say it. We've had a great season. The icing on the cake for me was we GD, we GD, GD, we GD, getting a goal at the end, popping up and uh, kind of nearly greeting and stuff like that. So it was a nice wee end there. So it was. I know, a bit of an overreaction from him, I felt. Anyway, oh, right, so we're hanging it's This week has brought around some changes in the toll household. My missus has quit her job. She's going to start her own company. So wow. you'll, be hearing, you'll be hearing more about that soon. In the Does she want to sponsor us? <laughs> we might need to sponsor her, actually, mate, to get, <laughs> get her up off the ground. But listen, I'm going to introduce a man who we have to say a big congratulations to Grado. 
The news has been in the papers. It's been, it was in Sky Sports News. It was there was an aeroplane went by with a hang hanging off the back yet. <laughs> My house. It says Grado's going to be a dummy. I never knew you had that in you to get it out you. I'm so proud of you, man. Brilliant. I'm oh, delighted brilliant. for you and Stephanie. Thanks very much, mate. Uh, I so I am going to be a feeler. And uh, I, we went quite pretty crazy the other night uh, when I put it up, and I was delighted. It just, you know, that way, like, I mean, obviously, right, I've had messages for everybody, right? Aye. Texts, you you name it a lot, right? But, you know, that way, like, I announced it, and I'm going back to Stephanie. Our bro have just tweeted me. Our bro have just said congrats. Our bro. <laughs> 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 oh, there's Peter Lovencrans. Peter Lovingrands just says congratulations, Stephanie. Just she's like, right, aye, Peter cool. Lovingrands is like, I hope he grows up to play for Rangers like his boy. And then I'm like, ah, and then I'm like, ah, man, I hope Alan McCoy uh, writes something on Instagram. Like, could you imagine that, Stephanie? Was? I mean, it's pathetic. That's going to on. He did end up liking it, but so fair play to Super Ali. But I thanks to everybody that um, that sent us a wee message. I'm absolutely buzzing, man. So there you go. That was good news. I need, I need, to, I need to let you send a wee secret. Clint Hill, Clint Hill, he messaged me or not? Clint Hill. <laughs> Shout out to Clint Hill. I'm just looking to know all the folk. Keith Lasley. Get Clint Hill on the pod. Get Clint Hill on the pod. That'll be good. I'm like, ah, see, when I'm reading all these folk saying thank you, I'm like, why did we know this sooner, man? This is Carlos, all these messages. Mate, I'm going to tell you this now. Me and John have been in a a position where we've known for a wee while now Mm -hmm. that Stephanie was going to to have a baby, right? And this is the first time I've ever managed to keep a secret. Aye. I'm I'm brutal. Are you bad I'm, for that? Uh, oh, mate, I'm brutal. Oh, guess what? Troops, guess what? Troops, by the way. But mm-hmm. I'll only ever tell people that I know would never forward it on, but I've, I've, I never told a soul. Not a soul. Did Good I tell? On. Good Did on you. Did you ever consider joining the Masons, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris, you know what ask, son? But the thing is, if I joined the Masons, both the trouser legs would be the same length anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thanks very much, Troops. It was uh, lovely. So, will we get any what's happening in Scottish we've, football? We've got, we've got more congratulations to give out, though, haven't we? It was happened. Oh, congratulations to the old Harry Rags. Oh, Harry Rags, old Jags. Champions, champions. So, John, what's happened? Oh, I don't want to talk about it. I mean, well, listen, this is a, the one of the drawbacks of being a producer of a football podcast. You need to talk about it. How right. do you think I feel? How do you think I feel? Oh, season. Listen. At least your team didn't fucking chuck it. We were eight points clear at the top of that league. Eight points clear. And we finished fifth. Fifth in League One. Now, we had our... finished behind Montrose, man. That's what I It's ridiculous. One point out of sitting in the last six games. Now, there needs to be fucking... That club needs change from top to bottom. Now, we've been through restructure after restructure. Uh, The amount of players that we've taken in and out in the last two or three seasons... And I played, it all started with fucking Paul Hartley. Enough of swearing, John. Calm down. All started with him. Peter Houston, you know, I thought, looking back, he was hard done by there at the club and he should have been kept there. Paul Hartley came on, fucked it. Ray McKinnon, (laughs) no much better. He was all right. And then Lee and Cracks did the best. We're top top of the league when they, let's bear in mind, we're top of the league when they go, they went. I mean, the football wasn't the best. We weren't really kicking on. But it's just embarrassing. I'm embarrassed to be a Falkirk support. Absolutely. You know, I, you sing Falkirk till I die. Falkirk right, mate, I thought you said you didn't want to talk about it. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, just, I need to get it off my chair. What was yeah. it like working with Kat Harvey, a big Jag fan? She must have gave you it tight. 
yes, that was great. Going into work the next again day, Cat Harvey dressed in full Partick Thistle regalia and basically, yeah. So we've got, we've got also it's awards time and we've got Steve Clark, Callum Davidson, Stephen Gerrard, and David Martindale's. David Martindale are shortlisted for the Manager of the Year award by the Scottish Football Writers Association. Who do you think is going to win it? <laughs> I, I, would, I think if Callum Davidson win, goes on to the final and wins that cup, I, I think it's got to be Callum Davidson. I know Steve Stephen Gerrard, you know, you know, getting the 55, but they missed out in the two cups. Mm-hmm. And with the, the, the budget that Callum Davidson go, I, you can't look beyond Callum Davidson. Now, I don't know if you know, but they've been dealt a wee blow by the old COVID for the weekend, right. the semi-finals, right. a couple of players out, so I still fancy St. John's, if I'm being honest, but you've got to argue, you're right, John, Stephen Gerrard, clean sweep in the league, but you've got to kind of consider somebody like Callum Davison with the money that he's been given this season, so, and then, uh, aye, so that's that. Uh, is it? You're also talking about the um, the Players Writers Association Player of the Year nominations. I've got it's a clean sweep for Rangers in this one. It's McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, and Davis. And if you add all of them up, I think they come to about two hundred and forty-eight year old. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Shane Duffy's name, Chris? I didn't see Shane Duffy in the, the running for that. Ah, uh, he's running for the next Falkirk Cup manager, mate. <laughs> <laughs> But you can't. For me, man, it's 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 a hard one because I would take any of them as a player of the year. But for me, Ostert's goalies union man, goalie, Alan McGregor. Really? Just I, just honestly, just for me now, better than Andy Gorham. Um, an absolute, an absolute fantastic goalkeeper. The saves that he makes. But listen, never mind about the the SPFL player of the year. It's just keep broke. Arbroath, I've just tweeted that my good friend, my best mate, the captain himself, Ricky Little, has been voted by the Arbroath fans as the player of the year. So congratulations to Ricky. Brilliant, superb. Maybe I'll get the captaincy soon. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant, we need to get Ricky on. We need to get Ricky on. He's an absolute cult figure on this show. We need to get him on. Now the season's finished, he can come on, surely. Well, sure. surely I, I did say that to him. We kind of asked him when we went to Cut Walk, but he never kind of gave me a straight answer. If not, we'll just give him a bell. Once <laughs> one night, so, you know I mean? Anyway, more football chat and daft chat in the open line soon. And on the big question, what's the best bit of skill that you've seen in Scottish football? And our guest this week is none other than the star of Still Game. It's Victor McDade himself, Mr. Greg Hempel. Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698. 767-172 So as you know ladies and gentlemen Our main sponsor of the show is G4 Claims And here to talk about them is the lovely Nicole Nicole how you doing? Nicole Hi I'm okay thanks how are you? Doing well Doing well we're missing Stevie yeah. today Oh no Oh no where is he? I hope he's not an accident He's, he's, away, he's, away, he's away building a bed apparently So we've been told all right, it might cause an accident then. Well, that's what I was going to say. What would we do then if he... What should he do if he has, does end up in an accident today? Oh, basically, guys, as you all know, G4 claims we're an accident management support system. So if you've been involved in an accident, then please contact us first. We can help you from the roadside. If your accident is non-fault, we can provide you with a like-for-like replacement vehicle whilst your car's off the road. 
your car is repairable, we'll get it repaired at a body shop of your choice. If your vehicle is written off, we'll get the pre-accident value recovered for you and get that back to you so that you're not out of pocket in any way, shape or form. If you're injured from the accident, we can claim a compensation claim for you for your whiplash. We can also get your full recovery for you. We do not take a percentage from your compensation, so you get your full claim with us. All our services are totally free to you. They're all built to the at-fault insurance. And what I always say, guys, is remember, if you're involved in any sort of accident, phone us first. We also have loads of links with the body shops where if you're involved in an accident and it is your fault and you've got a really high excess, we can help you with that as well. We can place your vehicle at a repairer of our choice, which then allows the small independent garages to get a good job and they're going to waive either the full or most of your excess for you. So that allows you then to get the claim done, but also not have to pay your excess. So it's just another wee part of the service that we do that I've actually not brought up on here, which I forgot about, and I'm going to just mention it today. So everybody knows just another wee part as to why you should always phone us first, because as I say every week, if I can't help you, I'll definitely point you in the right direction. So G4 claims, it's not in full claims. Made easy. Made easy. Welcome to the Football Daft Open Line. It's the open line, of course, where you can talk about absolutely anything. It doesn't have to be football. Just talk about the daft stuff as well. And maybe you're a... Oh, I, I wrote this script, I can't believe it. Maybe you're a Jags fan and you want to come on and celebrate winning League One. <laughs> maybe you want to take Falkirk to task after they bottled it and shat the bed. I certainly would like to do that. Or perhaps, after Grado's baby announcement, you maybe want to share some pain advice with Grado. Oh, yeah, you could do it. That, we're missing one of our panel this week, as Stephen Kevens is off. Uh, but we are joined by, of course, Graham Guidi and Chris Delhunt. And let's go to our first caller, who is Kevin, who is on to talk about a charity match he's organising. Kev, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for letting me on. Hi, boy. We're doing a football charity game, estimated dates 11th of July, so the Beats and Cancer Charity. Oh, oh I'm a big supporter of that. Be what about pros that are no pros? <laughs> well, I'm sure me and Bobo come along tow mate tow mate but for it and all what do you think, mate? Yeah, when when was it the eleventh of July? Eleventh of July, Sunday. Oh, I've got I've got I can't I've got a walk the next day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard that a few times. What have you thought about the old Rangers this season anyway, mate? I thought it would have been brilliant. Well, I didn't like anyway in Europa, but we've been disappointed in the cup. Aye, aye, uh, but if you had... What do you think Rangers would need to sign in the summer to progress the Champions League? Well... For me, I think the squad that they've got now is capable of doing a, doing a, going on a wee bit of a run in Europe, to be honest with you. If anything, I would say... I know that the defence has done really well, but I think they're going to lose a couple of players in the summer, Kevin. Yeah. So I think they might need to strengthen the midfield. Um, and obviously, I know he's been playing well this season, but Davis is coming to the end of his career as well. So to yeah. ask him to ask him to be playing in the league and then in Europe every week might be a wee bit yeah, a stretch yeah. too far for him. So right. somebody somebody to back him up, and you know somebody that's maybe a, maybe an all striker as well. But they have signed fashion. Sakala. Sakala. So, I personally think a defender um, because 
the amount of goals we've lost and when we went into the last 16 in the Europa League mm-hmm. that concerning even though we don't lose a lot of goals in the league Aye, aye, yeah. well, when you look at the Antwerp game, they scored, what was it, did they score five or six over the two legs against you? Mm-hmm. And, um, aye, but I think the two goals that he's lost at home against Slavia were, they couldn't really have been stopped, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. the, the free kick was, you'd have needed two McGregors to save that. I don't think that that's a, a defensive issue, you know what I mean? But I think all, it depends, as we told says, I think it depends on what happens, who's going to be leaving the club. Um, and then I take it for there. Right now, it's, I mean, we've signed Sakala. McGregor signed up for another season, I'm sure. He signed up for another season. We're looking, actually, I don't know if, you know, Defoe's been in talks as well. But I reckon another striker as well. But I think it all depends on what's going to be happening in the transfer window, who's going to be leaving and who's staying. Uh, that's, that's, I'm saying that's what I think. Aye. Anyway, hey, guys, where you go? So that was Kevin, let's move on to our next caller, it's Ryan who's been on before, he's a Rangers supporter, shock horror, and uh, he wants to talk about the Colts team uh, going into the Lowland League potentially. First and foremost, congratulations big man Grado. Oh, thanks very much, Ryan, mate. I appreciate that, pal. Thank you. Thank you, pal. Let's talk about you wanted to come on and talk Colt teams. What do you want to say on it, mate? Aye. Aye. I was looking at the Colt teams last night and I was thinking, we've had done this the week before and nothing really happened. So do we really see it happening again? Because I don't. And if well, it did happen... Would the Colt teams only get to the championship and have to stay there? Mm. Well, that's what happens and that's what happens in that's Spain, just isn't it? Exactly, yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say there, John. But see the thing is, Ryan, it mm-hmm. has been it's been spoken about before, but they were trying to leapfrog the whole the whole fucking access. That's now they're not, they're trying to go in at the Lowland League. Aye. Whereas they were trying to join the actual the, the professional league. Mm-hmm. To begin with, you know, so going like through like the juniors and stuff like that, aye, like in the high, exactly. Highland League and going that for a proper way, which by the way would be good. I think that'd be quite interesting to see the, the younger players, but then I'm it's a, a bit of a, I know what you're saying there, Gredo, but I'm a, a bit of a risk as well. But I'm not saying that either Rangers or Celtic win it mm-hmm. and they go into the playoff with the, with the Highland League and win that, they went to the League Two playoff. Say they keep on getting put. Progressive promotion, promoted at the promotion, and they get to the championship. Right. Are they going to stay there? Because if they go into the Premier League, they'll be playing the first team. Right. Well, they can't go into the Premier League, right? Yeah, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. that, well, in Spain, if you look at um, the Spanish setup, in the Segunda Division, you've got the Barcelona B team, Real Madrid, mm. team, all of them. Now, they oh. can't get promoted even if they win the league. Right, so mm-hmm. it it brings to it's. I know I hate to use this phrase, right, but it brings into question the sporting integrity. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, for example, these teams like say it was this season in Celtic and Rangers, or Rangers and Celtic finished first and second in the championship. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Then you're then you're going. The team that finishes third wins the league technically. You know what I mean? But they're not um, good enough to win the league, so. But- Understand what you're saying, Ryan. I, I don't. I, I think that they. Sh- I don't think they should be allowed to go any further than Division Two. And and see, be honest with you, uh, right? 
I would say like that. Who, who does this gain advantage to right if Rangers is it, is it just Rangers or the, is Celtic up for this as well Celtic are up for it as well Greg. right uh, for me yeah. it's so who does this gain well, advantage I mean, to who does this who does this benefit right Rangers and Celtic obviously right. all and it's no benefit in anybody else but is it so you can totally understand why but what you need to look at as well and Ryan I don't know if you'll have noticed over the past few years See the Celtic and Rangers and Hearts and Hibs and Aberdeen and all their coats that were in the, uh, the, the, what's the the cup called again? What the Petrofac or whatever that's I am Bruno. Aye, aye. Mm-hmm. They, they all get hammered. They all get turned over. They get hammered after all the all the wee shite teams. You know what I mean? So what I think the problem is here is we're missing a proper reserve league. That's it. I mean that's. Aye. Ultimately, that's why Rangers and Celtic want to do this because, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, I've just read it there that they're going to offer basically £25,000 each and that'll be distributed among the lower league teams, which is, you know, it doesn't seem that much money in paper, but for these teams, that keeps them going for a season, you know. That, you know that not, just, money... not just that as well, John. No matter what you say, these two teams will draw a crowd for that's, a, that's another thing well so, they will i mean and just think it's another old firm uh derby down there uh, the no, i don't want any more of them <laughs> <laughs> thank you but i mean the, the thing is, the thing is with it would would rangers and celtic would it not be beneficial more for the whole of scottish football if rangers and celtic had used clubs like i know stennis muir for example have a you know i think they have an affiliation with hibs so they kind of get used to 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 bring through youth and bring through uh, prospects and they're playing at a decent level then i mean mm-hmm. lowland league i mean chris you you'll know more about lowland league because obviously the shire and, and stuff are down there now mm-hmm. it, it's a tough old business that because a lot of the junior teams like uh Grado as well like bonus and stuff mm-hmm. went into the lowland as opposed to saying in the junior didn't they so when, when, when was that last year they all kind of done that in the west of scotland there was a full rejig so they're too uh, late to the party there with that and all then exactly well I, I think going forward it should either be like you're touching on there John see if you take on a feeder team and give them your youth players and let their youth players play in the league that way that team can then get promoted right yeah. um, or, talk, they, or they, they talk, make a new a new uh, reserve week yeah mm, talk academy though talk right mm-hmm. it springs to mind right away is John's Falkirk. Aye. You yeah. get rid of you. Aye. Falkirk so, get rid of the years. Would it not have been better to say, right, rather than get rid of it, why don't the small, the so-called smaller teams, like your yeah, Falkirk's or Partick Thistles... Hi, Ryan! Your so-called smaller teams. Mm-hmm. Like, you, say their academy teams, right, we'll take them. Into the Lowland League. Aye. That would then give the young boys in them, in their teams, that would give them the experience because. I think what you're saying there then, Ryan, that then puts the teams that are already in the Lowland Leagues. That kind of that, that pies them off, if you know what I mean. Well, I think that. The... Ryan, before you go, um, you've your dad's got a podcast you're looking to plug, isn't that right? He does, I. It's called the FPFL Through the Lens. It's my dad, Sean Fagan, Colin Cram, 
and a guy called Jason Little. No. Colin Cram, there's a blast for the past. He used to play for the Bairns. I was going to say that. Is he not a Falkirk player? Mm-hmm. Aye. My dad and, and what is it? What is it they're doing? They're, they're kind of studying the game, aren't they? Rather than what's the set it, up with? It's through it's an analysis side. If you know what I mean. Because your father worked in that. He works in that, didn't he? He, he? he did. Aye. It's the analysis side of the game. So showing move, like, movements of players and different wow. other different other stuff. The had guests on. As I say, Sean Fagan started as a guest a couple of weeks ago. He's now permanent, and they've had a couple of others. He's on, you, you can find them on YouTube. So what's it called on YouTube? The, the SPFL Through the Lens. The SPFL Through the Lens. Definitely going to have to check that one out, uh, Ryan, because I love all that. I love all tactics. So I love sitting watching all the tactics and how things work. So definitely going to get on that. Uh, Ryan, thanks very much for coming on, pal. Cheers, Ryan. Take care, mate. All the best. Thanks, Ryan. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye, mate. Cheers, pal. And that is it for this week's Open Line. Thank you to all our contributors. If you want to get on next week, dead easy. Get on Twitter. Get on our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Football Daft. We'll give you first opportunity on there. And we'd love to speak to you next week. Football Daft's big question. Right, there's been a few show ponies in the Scottish game and some brilliant bits of skill. This, uh, well, we've been inspired this weekend with Ryan Kent. He was uh, he left Greg Taylor to get a ticket back in at the weekend. So we're asking, what's the best skill you've seen in Scottish football? We'll come to you first. Me? Uh, there's one that sticks out in my mind, and it was Lubo Maravchik trapping the ball with his arse. For a 50-yard Alan Stubbs pass. Trapped it with his arse. It was, see if you get a chance, uh, Grado, look it up on YouTube, mate. It was outrageous. What do you type in? Lubo just, arse? Just, I just type Lubo trap ball arse. Lubo, Lubo <laughs> arse trap. Lubo bum trap. Lubo bum trap, maybe. Bum. Lubo bum skill. <laughs> <laughs> That's, okay. that, you don't want to type that in, Grado. Something very well, that's going to pop up. Wow, that was brilliant. Biggest skill. Now, the first thing that popped into my mind was uh, Gabriel Amato about 20 years ago. And it was, I think he had Tom Boyd in the right of him. And I don't remember if you remember uh, Toe, who was in the left hand side of him. And he kind of does something sublime, really, really magical. Goes right through them. I think it was a midweek game. I could be wrong, no? Um, I think it was, mate. I, I remember that game. I think Rangers trounced us that day, actually. It was definitely an old fun game. I'm either thinking that, and I'm, the other thing that pops into my mind is, and I don't know if this is a bit of skill. Is this skill? Does this count? We've spoken about it on a podcast before. But Andrew Kinchelskis against United in the Scottish Cup final about 20 years ago. Yeah, again. He stood on the ball. Stuns in the ball, stuns up straight, and gives us a salute. Does he salute or he's, is it as if he's looking into the sun in it? It's not aye, a salute. It's like a salute, isn't it? Aye, aye, it's, aye. No, it's kind of like he was having a look to see how he could cross the ball. Aye, I, totally ripping the guy. Rangers scored for that, didn't they? Did, Did they? Rangers not scored for that. I'm aye. not sure. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway. Who cares? John, what about yourself with old Burns? What's the fanciest trick you've seen? A couple of keepy-ups before the game? Ah, ha, ha. Uh, listen, we had the magician Russell Latipi playing for us. Oh, like, every, true, Simon Stainrod God and Kevin Crunchy McAllister. So you could pick anything from those three. I tell you what, though, I'm going to go on. There was, I loved the one when Kevin Crunchy left Amaruso on his arse when we played Rangers in the Cup. But the one that I would go for, and this is going back, was Chris Waddle's debut game against Clyde Bank at Brockville. I can't remember. Do you know what? It might even have been Gary Teal that was playing left back that day. 
and he put the boy on his arse. We switched the foot, ducked the shoulders, and rifled it into the corner and bought the corner of the net. Tremendous. Big Chrissy Waddle at Falkirk. So I'll say that just for the memories. But a passion there for old John. Old John, thanks for that. Uh, you can get involved, John, with, with the answers here, right? So I'll start off with Ian. He talks about Davy Cooper and the Driver Cup final. See, I'm too young for Davy Cooper. I'm I, I know what you mean. That. I know what you mean. But there's a guy came in called Bedingi, and to you know something, this was one of the first things I thought of as well when we mentioned this, and it was when Del Piero turned Alec Cleland inside out. And Aye. Alec Cleland never recovered for that. No. <laughs> Let's be honest. No, I'm sure Billy Thompson was in goals either in the, in the home leg or the second leg. Was it no 4 now in the first leg and then uh, 4 1 or something like that? We just got absolutely ripped, didn't we? It was the only excuse um, uh, sketch that year as well, where uh, like Del Piero just disappeared in front of Alec Coyle and like an invisible That's man. Right, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. uh, Titch says, Remember Wanjo that played Wanjo. Harps, Bag of Tricks? Uh, I can't remember this myself, but Wanjo for Hearts against Dundee United, uh, some skill and finish. There you go. John says McGeady spin against Aberdeen. It was a classic bit of skill. Uh, do you know that? Nobody nobody ever talks about that, but Celtic scored a goal for that. He done the roulette and mm-hmm. went by two players and pinged it over to the back post and Scott McDonald headed it in. That was a great goal. Okay. Uh, Paul Smith says, funnily enough, John Kevin Crunchy McAllister. For Falkirk v Hearts in the 1998 Scottish Cup semi at Ibrox, absolutely immense. Yeah, oh no, it was against Hearts. It was against Hearts, that's who it was. No, that was actually, that was a different game we put Amaroos on his arse. This was when he actually scored an absolute worldie against Hearts. I, Gary Naismith got fucking ripped that day. Mark says, I, a player to have the ability to pull off a no-look pass all the way back to his goalkeeper in the 80th minute when nobody pressing him and his team's doing 3-1. Chris, what did you make of that when you saw that? You know what? I think by that point I wasn't paying attention that, anymore. That gif has been doing the rounds this week of that no look pass. I tell you, Jesus. Oh, sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kev says the Eden McGee spin against the Rangers, leaving Dado Purcell and Zurabkas initially uh, to go for the pies and then done the same at Pataudry, setting up Scott McDonald. Class. Here we go, Glasgow lockdown, he's with me in terms of Kedchelskis against Ayr when he stood in the ball and saluted. Grant, uh, I had sent in a video for this one as well. Uh, Shane Sutherland uh, scoring IC Inverness Cowies third against Celtic about 10 years ago when they won 3-2 uh, up there. Um, and I went and had a look at it. Absolute stunning goal. So, uh, aye, judging. Uh, Jack says, too much to mention. Used to watch the wizard Gary Harkins do unbelievable things every week. Do you know what? Somebody, somebody said something about... I'm just looking it up. There was somebody on Twitter uh, tweeted, Phil Fodden is almost as good as Gary Hackins in his first spell at Dundee. <laughs> and then somebody's replied, good shout, quicker, maybe not quite as good on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, where are we on now? Jack says to... Oh, no, we've got that one. Pisco, Pisco, P-S-C-O. Pisco says, Candy ass chasing down his own clearance, then a back heel. Was that to lead up the goal in Europe? Uh, do you mind that? I, was a, I, wow, had to go, I had to go and look at that. That was unbelievable. Remember Candace, man? He was a better player than he get fucking... He, 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 he was off with, within a couple of weeks. Like Gerard arriving, was he not, I'm sure? I know. Yeah. I know. Um, uh, Colin, he says, basically the full season highlight reel of Shane Duffy. Skills other players could only dream of. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Rick. Uh, Make the test a sarky tone here. Uh, 
Jordan for a few weeks ago has been back in touch and he says that belly pass that appeared on soccer. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> well played, John. Football daft with G4 Claims. Find them on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at G4 Claims Limited. It's the player profile playoff with PiSports.com bringing you the taste of Scottish football uh, during lockdown by getting pies to your doors while we watch the football. In fact, you got none of us have got any football to watch this weekend because you lot are out the Scottish Cup and Falkirk's league's fucking over. So, um, but I'll still be ordering my pies and I'll be doing that from piesports.com. Uh, if you don't want to get on the website, you can go or give them a call 0141 739 That's our Send Our Savories hotline. Um, check out the website though. Brilliant uh, selection of pies up there. Curry pies. Got the, those pies with the beans and the potatoes. I, I need to tell you, right? See how sometimes we'll we'll get given advertising to do. Right? Yes, we need we need the advertising. We do. Right? See these pies? They're fucking dynamite, and I'm not kidding on. They really I, are good. They man. are. They're dynamite. You're right, Tom. You've got to say that. You get paid for by McGee's anyway, Grace. So you've got to say that. <laughs> That's what, I'm telling you, if I'm ever want an Empire biscuit, a pie, a curry pie, a roll. I make sure it's McGee's. Uh, what did your gra- what did your granny used to to, to say to you? <laughs> Sorry, if you've not heard, listen out for, on any radio station. You'll which, hear Fredo's voice every day. Which can I just also point out that it's uh, that campaign has been nominated for an award, John? Well, know, is it the pain, in, the pain in the arse award? <laughs> <laughs> Go <on>, compare. <laughs> Anyway, every week we try and give away a whole bunch of pies. Um, and just before I go on, uh, if, if you are getting your pies from piesports.com, check out the website because they deliver it postcodes free of charge across Scotland so you can get all the details up there. But we want to give away some to our listeners. And today, in a complete and utter shock to play for the pies, we have a Celtic supporter on tow. Hey. It's Declan. How you doing, not bad, mate. Not bad. Um, so, I uh, do you want to talk football, Declan, or you just want to ignore it like I do? No, I'm just here for the pies. Right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Quite right, mate. Quite right. That's Gredo's catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right, how's your football knowledge, Declan? Uh, aye, it's all right. It depends. Depends what it is. Aye. What is it? 25. 25. 25. Right, well. Mm, yeah. Right, here we go. We're going back to 2002, 2003 this season, this week. I tell you what, I tell you what, John, since there's only me and Gredo here, why don't we let Declan pick who he wants to play? Right, okay, who do you want to play, Declan? Uh, Gredo. Wrong. Oh, I knew I was coming. Here we go. Here you we... see, you done that because you knew he would pick me. Damn straight, brother. <laughs> so, 2002-2003 season, top scorer in the SPFL was Henrik Larsson, 28 goals. Um, Rangers, Scottish Cup, League and the League Cup and the League, it was a treble for Rangers, winning it on goal difference. Chris, obviously it was UEFA Cup final uh, season that season as well, so... Uh, and Falkirk were cheated out of uh, getting promoted because the SPFL turned to, or the, the Premier League turned into the SPL and Falkirk were told they couldn't get up because of, they didn't have a good enough stadium. Fuck off. Anyway. Right. Let's get into it then. Uh, game's dead simple. Uh, Declan, and we read out a player description. If you know what who the player is, you buzz in, you give me the answer. If it's the wrong answer... 
However, you're out of the game and I continue another player gets to play. First to two wins. Um, so all I need is a buzzer from you, Declan. What's it going to be? Uh, go Henrik Larson. Henrik Larson, lovely. Uh, great to watch your buzzer this week. Make sure it's McGee's. <laughs> right, here we go then with your first player. Right, this defender went on to win Young Player of the Year this season at Dundee. <sighs> the Georgian International made 20... Make, make sure it's McGee's. Gredo. What would you call him again? Uh, Sheenis Vili. <laughs> Sorry, Sheenis, what, who was that? Sheenis Vili. <laughs> I'm going to give him that one, Declan. You know who I, I know? I can't pronounce his name right. Ivan Ashvili. She's aye, it's Vili. Aye. Yes, he played for Rangers after that season. Aye. Well done. He's just Vili. One nil, Gradle. Here we go. <laughs> Next player up. This was this winger's second season at Parkhead after moving from St Johnston. He played in a variety of seasons while it's uh, position. Sorry, while. Make sure it's McGee's. Gradle. Jody Morris. Um, it's not Jody uh, Morris. He when was Jody Morris at Celtic? Was I'll he not? I thought he was. No, I'll continue. Was he too? As a boy? No, oh, was he fuck? <laughs> fuck. As a boy. <laughs> right, I'll, get that bit. I'll continue with the clue that one for you. Um, so he played in a variety of different positions while at Celtic, but was never really a first team regular. However, Celtic <laughs> won the league twice during his time there: uh, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. <laughs> Are you going to answer on Declan's behalf since he's young here? Yes, Momo Silla. It is Mo Silla, oh, yeah. I got that. He'll <laughs> You're welcome, my man. You're welcome. Right, Come okay. Well, he's up this season, eh? This is, this is the decider. This, this is the decider. Here we go. 1-1. One, one. This Australian striker enjoyed his Make second... sure it's McGee. I don't know why I'm saying it's there. My God! My God! Where did I say that for? A living stint Australian striker. Who are you? Oh, for fuck's sake. Living stint Australian striker. Oh, what did you call him again? Landon Donovan. <laughs> Landon Donovan. Landon Donovan. The American winger. Is, it, no. is, he, mar- is he married to Amy McDonald? <laughs> no, he's oh. not. To maybe McDonald. I'll continue with the clue. Uh, the Australian striker enjoyed his second season at Livingston, scoring in their UEFA Qual- Cup qualifier against Sturm Graz. Having previously played with Hibs, he only managed two that's, goals in this season. That's what you're thinking about, though, is it not? No, it's not. Though he did skipper them to the League Cup in the season after. after oh, no, li- I, I get after, mixed up with Amy McDonald's husband. Sorry. After Livingston, he enjoyed a stint at Queen of the South before going on to become. A TV pundit. Declan, who you got? Oh, I could hear it. was almost... Uh, you're, you're nearly there, mate. You're, you're nearly there. Come on. Oh, no. Sir, what did he say? Again? Scott McDonald, no? Oh, no, no, I thought Scott McDonald. Stuart, Stuart Lovell. Lovell. I, so you were right? You were right, too? No, he wasn't. It was Steve Lovell that was... Uh, oh, so was. So so sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, I get mixed up there. Right, it must have been. You <laughs> <laughs> better get this one. This is a shooty in one, right? Come right. on, boys, you can do this. This player came to greater prominence during the season. He scored 19 goals from 34 starts and won Young Player of the Year award, despite Motherwell finishing bottom of the SPL. Oh. They should make sure been... it's McGee's. Grado, 
James McFadden? No. It is. Well done. Yay! Well done. I th- how is he only a young player of the year there? I, that was one of his kind of... Aye, early, that was early doors. That was early doors for McFadden. Right. Right. I'm going to say, since he's young and since he's... Uh, Handsome. Trying to be healthy, I'll take the pies, man, all right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, batter in, man. Get deck on the pies. Deck on yeah. the pies. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers, mate. Right, man. All the best, pal. See you there. And that's it. If you want pies like deck on, get to piesports.com. Football daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at notatfaultclaims.com. Hey, you're known for chewing the fat. You're known for the fact that Gredo, myself, wrestled him. Or perhaps you might know... For an episode, and I've seen this bit where he played a news reader. It's none other than the man himself. He is a Scottish legend or Canadian, whatever way you want to kind of do it. It's uh, Greg Hempel. Hello, team. How you doing, Greg? Thanks very much for coming on. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Beautiful. What have you been up to? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, honestly. Right. It's, it's, and, and now as things go back to normal, I'm, I'm not sure that I've got... I'm cut out for socialising in the real world. I, I think I, I quite like where I'm at in terms of being a hermit and whatnot. I don't know uh, if I'm I'm going to come I, back out. And it's like, not I, even I'm like it's remember remember uh, what's his name in, in in Still Game, your man. Oh, actually, uh, the, uh, it was your man for Doctor Who that played him. Eh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me, let me Archie was the character. Archie, Archie, Archie that's right. My that's goodness. Right. Do you know it's what? Not even it's not even like um, gone out. It's the whole. I don't want to get back to shaking folks' horns. And cuddling and all that shit and kind of that, especially actor folk. You know what? That carry on with a kiss in the right and the left cheek. I can't be doing with that carry on. It's funny, you, it's funny you say that, Gredo. Uh, Greg, we, we met up yesterday, me, Gredo, and Stephen to go over something in Stephen's back garden. And Gredo came in and it was just all right, mate. I've not Aye. seen him for over a year. Aye. See if this would have been before COVID, I'd have been hanging off his leg like a Jack honest. Russell. <laughs> 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 Brilliant. No, it's. I, I think. I think Grado's right. I think there are certain things that I'm not sure will will come back, or certainly it's going to take a long, long time before people do them again. You know. I mean, I, I quite like the elbow. I quite like that. The last few times I've been to a mate's house and sat in their garden, uh, because of the time of year it's been, I've had to come home and get in a hot bath. I know. I know what you mean, man. <laughs> so we, were, we, were, we were sitting in Stephen's garden yesterday, and it started tailstones. Mm-hmm. Honest to God, it was a nightmare. An absolute mm-hmm. nightmare. Yeah. But listen, Greg, the very first time I ever met you, I was walking into Celtic Park. And I said, there's that guy half chewing the fat. Still game, hadn't even been a hang yet, right? There's right. that guy half chewing the fat. My dad says, so it is. She says, oh, he must be a Celtic supporter. So are you going to come out? Are you going to wave your colours for the master? Are you going to admit to it? <laughs> Don't, mate. I, Too much hassle. I'm a very, very casual Celtic supporter. My yeah, dad was a Thistle supporter. Um, and uh, I, I actually uh, I put some of his uh, some of his ashes behind the goal at, at, at Firhill, which was a real honour. Um, and he that he was he used to love Manchester United. I, I used to have a season ticket to Celtic many many years ago, and I, I didn't renew it because I only went to like two games, and that, that was the old Firm games. Uh, so I'm I'm an armchair fan. I always have been. Um, it's like Gredo. But back in the chew in the fat days, you know, we got, you know, we got invited here, there, and everywhere. And I remember we ended up um, meeting Martin O'Neill and Henrik Larson and stuff after they won the uh, the double. I think I can't even remember what year it was. That was the year they had the T-shirts 
which said milk lemonade chocolate, which was a chew in the fat reference. That's right, that's right. I, I think that. the Rangers fans were like, oh, those, those chew in the fat boys, they're all fucking Celtic fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it took it took us a while to win them back, you know what I mean? But it's funny you say that, right? Because I was telling Seth Nass last night, right? So I remember when the documentary first came out with me, right? And all the, the papers were phoning me and all that. Right, you're going to be in a documentary. What team do you support? And I'm going, I don't like football. I don't like football. I don't like football because I thought, this is too much hassle, right? And for years, I never spoke about football, right? I really, I tried to get away from all that. And then obviously Rangers asked me to play a charity game, right? And I thought, I can't turn that down. I can't turn this down to play Ibrox. Fast forward now, right? I can, when... The other night when my girlfriend, I, I tell folk on Twitter that my girlfriend's pregnant, the headline, Rangers daft Gredo has got a bad dad. And I'm like, what's Rangers going to do with it, man? Rangers daft. Suddenly with my Rangers tap on all that kind of <laughs> daily record. Do you, know, do, you know the, do you know the thing is, too? All of the stuff that you've done throughout your career and you're best known for being a Rangers supporter. <laughs> Well, listen, I didn't even know you were expecting a baby, so Grado's my top shagger. Yes, there we go. There we Congratulations. go. Congratulations, that's phenomenal news. Cheers, that's Greg. Thanks very much, mate. Absolutely that. wonderful yeah. news. Wow, Appreciate that's brilliant. But that. I, I know you, you get that a lot, you know what I mean? Or you'll, you'll have, I mean, I remember seeing Robert Duval. Robert Duval did a film years and years ago in Scotland. I think it was called, it might have been Shot called Glory. That was it, Shot of Glory. Oh, I think yeah. Ali McCoist was in it, actually. Jackie McQuillan. I've spoken about that one here before, haven't we? To Parkhead and some Rangers fan stuck a Rangers scarf in his hand. And there's poor old Robert Duval with a, a no surrender scarf. <laughs> that's right, that's right. I remember that. You remember that? And he's he's like that. He's like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see the boy in the background totally like decking. Hi, but see the thing is, you can see his red hand tattoo on his neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. That's oh, that, that was that was good. So, um, Greg, you started your life in Glasgow, but you moved away to Canada. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So, when you were over there, did you follow football, or was it were you more an ice hockey kind of guy or basketball? Well, I, I was very young when I went there. I was about five or six, and and I'll tell you a funny story. My dad, who, as I say, was Thistle and Man U. Those were his teams. He, he absolutely adored Alec Ferguson and uh, loved him, and and just thought thought the world of him. Got to Canada, it was like minus 30 degrees. We arrived in January and they have hockey night in Canada on a Saturday night and they also play on a Wednesday. And he'd never watched a hockey game in his life. Well, do you know, you couldn't get my dad out on a Wednesday or a Saturday. He was sat in front of the telly for those two nights watching hockey and he, he watched it for 10, 15 years. Absolutely loved it. And the only time back in those days, because this is the mid seventies, you know, into the eighties and whatnot. The only time that you ever heard about uh, football was if something crazy happened and I remember being at a lemonade stand right the Montreal Expos they're, they're now gone they're, that's a Washington baseball team they were still on the go and this Scottish boy ran up the street and, I, and, and he's like Greg Greg right and I was like what is it what is it Joe he goes what is Johnson saying for fucking Rangers <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, in my head, that was kind of like the birth of the internet. You know what I mean? That was. <laughs> it was. It was like you. You. You never saw anything in the papers about it. You know, only if a Scotsman ran past you in the street and told you some phenomenal bit of news would you hear about football from back home, from from, from Scotland. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, as the years went on and the Premiership built, then it became. You know, uh, sort of British football became more global. But in the seventies, my God, you couldn't find. It was like finding a needle in a haystack, finding a, a story about. Not even Scottish football, English football too. 
So was that what made you come back to Scotland then? You wanted to see the fallout from Mo Johnson? Because <laughs> Morris Johnson signed for free. <laughs> I've got to get back, I've got to get him. It's going to be nuts. Um, yeah, I can't, what, what year was that? Was that about 86 or 88? Was it something? Uh, 87, 88, wasn't it? Uh, 88, 89. Uh, yeah, so I, I came back to Glasgow in 1988 to start, uh, to, I remember that the, 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 I just arrived back and, uh, uh, oh God, Ben Johnson had just won gold in 9.79 seconds at the Seoul Olympics. And I, that was my freshers week. And I was like, Canadian, fastest man in the world's Canadian. And then I remember three nights later, Des Lynham was like, <laughs> we've got some terrible news. We've <laughs> <laughs> got some terrible news. Mo Johnston signed for Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> Must be something about the name Johnson. <laughs> Moments of sporting infamy. That is amazing. Do you know, I, I didn't know, uh, Greg, that you were involved in like the first uh, radio off the, off the ball. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I I I um I did the first season with Tam and with Sanjeev, and uh, uh, you know, and Lewis McLeod did the voices. Ford did a few oh, voices for us as well. And you know, to be fair, we were all still the show was still forming its identity. And uh, by the end of the first year, I got a phone call from Philip Differ, and he asked me to. Uh, uh, Tony Roper had left only an excuse and he asked myself and Lewis to sort of step in and, you know, sort of replace Tony and Johnny was kind of like the main man and we were sort of supporting him. Um, and I, I felt much more comfortable doing that kind of thing. And I said to Alan de Paulette, the producer, I said, look, you're better off getting somebody, you know, I was, I mean, honestly, I was like, burnt his land. I, 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 was, <laughs> I was, you know, I was like, I wasn't really... I didn't. I didn't have the nous that you needed. I think to present a show like that and do and do justice to the fans and to the listeners. So after a year, I says, "Look, you're going to need to get somebody else." And Stuart Cosgrove took over. And you know, I think it's fair to say he made a decent job. Of it. I done all right, but do you know what? That sounds exactly like Gradle. I was just going to say again, this is like me doing this podcast, mate. Honestly, really sweet. Oh, I, I see the day I'm raging because Bob he usually does the Ranger side of the talking. And I'm crabbing because he's phoned in sick and it's like, I have to start, because they end up talking about the English Premier League and I'm sitting here with a vape in the background going, just waiting till they talk about Rangers again. <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that, Greg. You, you then moved on to only an excuse. Um, who, who was your favourite characters to play in, like, uh, on the show? Well, Lewis was a phenomenal, is a phenomenal mimic. Back then, he was, he was, uh, he, he could play anybody, and I, I felt myself to be more of a kind of actor and stuff. So I always enjoyed a prop. So they gave me, when I played Brian, Brian Loudrop, they gave me a ball which was attached to my foot, like it was taped to my foot, and I just ran about the stage, and the audience were all laughing, and I was like, this, this is okay. I don't have to do a, you know, a Danish accent or whatever the hell. It was. I just had to run about. So stuff like that was great fun, you know. Um, and and Phil and, and Johnny, you know, they've been doing it for so long. They'd give you crazy costumes and all that. I remember Lewis for uh, for uh, Mark Haley had this Max Wall wig. Because <laughs> uh, remember, Haley had that grey hair. It was like long and lustrous. That's right. Yeah. But it was super, super thin on top there, you know what I mean? So they never missed a trick, man. You know, those guys never missed a trick. No, and Tam, you know, Tam was, you know, he's had, um, you know, he's been at the, 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 the tiller there for many, many years, you know what I mean? I mean, and yeah, I, as I say, I only did one year and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I, I, I'd be lying if I, I said I was uh, was in my debt, you know what I mean? Right. right. So you've moved, you've then moved on for an excuse and your first real big break comes when you meet Ford and you start chewing the fat. Would that, no, in fact, maybe not, naked, did you do a naked radio? 
No, oh. we did we did a, a show together called Pulp Video, which Pulp was, Video, was, sorry, Pulp Video. Yeah, that was supposed to be like the sort of son of Naked Video, and we did that for a year, and then it got cancelled. <laughs> Do you know what? I remember? I remember that, and it, I was I enjoyed that show. I enjoyed did that really? show. I did, and I'm a I'm a huge uh, sketch show buff though. Like really, I love sketch comedy. I think it's tremendous. So that that meant moves you on to chewing the fat. Yeah. Now, chewing the fat became a nationwide phenomenon. I mean, still to this day, you hear people sport socks when they're walking mm-hmm. down the street and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So the amount of catchphrases that, that it spawned, it was a it was a total pop culture phenomenon at the time. Do you, do you some of your uh, memories about that and how you how you came to start working before doing that? Well, our main memory was actually the first The first season was a very, very low-budget show. It was basically based on the radio show. So we did sketches, and then we also sat on a sofa and did, like, bits of banter. Mm-hmm. And I remember inviting my wife's family around to watch one of the episodes, and every time it cut to us on the sofa doing our banter, they all started talking like it was a commercial break. And uh, we went back to the producer, Colin Gilbert, for the second season and said, we need to cut these bits of us just sitting talking. I don't think anybody's interested in it. I think the, you know, the people are interested in the characters. And in the first season, we did a lot of American characters because Ford and I were obsessed with movies. And we, we used to do like mobsters and, and, and hillbillies and all this kind of stuff. And he said, the audience are really responding to the Scottish characters and you should do more of that. So the second series, that was my main memory, was that this, the first series was kind of like, it had potential. But it wasn't the kind of breakaway success uh, until the second series. And I think the viewing figure started about 20%. And we finished the second series on something like 55 or 58%. And we we just, you know, we didn't had never known anything like that. You know what I mean? It was it was nuts. And it was fun, I think, for the audience, I guess, maybe at that time. It had been a few years since there'd been a Scottish show. Because I think even Naked Video, the actors weren't exclusively playing Scottish characters. Whereas yeah. Chewing the Fat were, you know, mostly, I think, 95% Scottish characters. Uh, and I think that, you know, people got a kick out of that because, you know, the mirror was held up to them. And I think that's why they responded. It was like we filled a bit of a vacuum at the time, I think. Definitely. It's just funny because I remember when we when we done the wrestling, right, in 2013, and uh, me and Red Lightning were with you. And you, you, were, t- you were telling a story and then halfway through you started going, and then in the 90s, uh, you know, we, we kind of done this kind of small little sketch show, me and Ford, and you started talking about it. And I'm going, is he talking about fucking tuna fat? I'm going, you, you, the way you, you spoke about it, as if like it wasn't a big thing, but it literally is it, was. Aye, as, if, as if you didn't aye, know what he was talking about. You know, back in the day, you know, we kind of done this kind of sketch show, me and Ford, and you know, we done this, we done that. And I mean, Andy, a lot of these are going, is he fucking what? Doing the fat man, come are you, on. Are you, are you sure I wasn't being like a, a, a wanky actor and going, uh, back in the 90s, we did this uh, little sketch show, you might have heard of <laughs> <laughs> By the name of Tune Fat, <laughs> <laughs> but it blew mind, do you know what I mean? Oh, uh, tremendous, tremendous. Uh, um, so that obviously Tune Fat comes and goes. Um, for one of the major, one of everybody's most favorite sketches for Tune the Fat was the old boy sitting around the table and talking about the back, the back uh, stairs, lavy and singing the songs. And you know, my mum loved it, she absolutely loved it because. It would hark back to the times when she would remember like her mommy and all of that having all the family around and they would sing the, the types of songs. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that then gave birth to to still game and you took that to the stage. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, now, still game, I, I was mentioning too, and the fact was a cultural phenomenon, right? Still game is so far beyond that. I mean, I know a lot of people who have worked with in the wrestling industry who are from America and, and over there, they absolutely love it. They love it and they can't get enough of it. And when, when you were doing the, the stage show, they were gutted that they couldn't come over and see it live for the live farewell. So what was life like at that time when you were doing Tune the Fat? I mean, I'm pretty certain you, you can't walk down the street, but see the fact that you were in disguise, was that, a, like you were dressed up, was that a wee bit, was that, was that, did that help you avoid the clamour in the streets and stuff like that? You mean when we were doing Jack and Victor? In yeah, Stoke Jack Stadium? Jack and Victor, yeah. I mean, you would meet. I mean, you would meet people all the time who genuinely were. were I mean, it's a big compliment to the makeup team because we all thought everybody everybody knew this was young people playing old people. But you would often meet people who'd be like, "Oh my God, you look so much younger in real life." And you're like, what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that always took me by surprise. But it happened more than you would than you would than you would imagine. You know what I mean? It happened a lot. Um, but no, we've we've always had amazing, uh, you know, love for that show, and you know, it's been. I think, you know, a lot of actors will tell you if you're involved in one thing like that, you're lucky. You know what I mean? How often do people get involved in two or three things like that? You know what I mean? So, no, we had a blast. But, um, if Still Game is a football team, what football team would Still Game be? <laughs> Man, that's a good question. Um, they're all about the same age as the Rangers players and I'm right enough I don't know are, are Rangers going through a transition now are they are they going to do a lot of buying and selling over the summer Great I up? think it's maybe Mayor Celtic have gone through a transition aren't they oh oh my. Are, they are they ever yeah nightmare, nightmare time but, uh, where's the manager where's this Eddie Howe character what's going on there they're, they're Champions League qualifiers in like 10 weeks where is he I don't, I don't know. You're not working just now, Greg. You're not fancy the kick, no? Yeah, I just about that. Little triangles, boys. Little triangles. <laughs> Keep the ball moving. I'd <laughs> be like that sketch we did in Chewing the Fat all those I, years ago. <laughs> so tell us this one then, Greg, when you were when you were filming Still Game or, or Chewing the Fat or whatever, um, was there ever any football talk backstage? I know, obviously, Paul is a, a huge Celtic fan. Um, so was was there ever any talk backstage, any any barbed comments or anything like that? No, there wasn't really. You know, there was there's a few diehard fans in there. You know, and and uh, as I say, there was a time when I, I I traveled to see a good few games and whatnot. And but but basically, you know, most of the the the, the team, not all of them, there was a lot of Celtic fans in there. And if Celtic lost, nobody spoke. Nobody there was nobody to barb. You know what I mean? And. Uh, <laughs> And if they won, then people just chattered away. You know what I mean? Just like it. any other workplace, you know, any other workplace at all. Have you still got? Have you still got a WhatsApp group? No, I don't think we do actually. I think because we started before all that shit, Chris. Ah, uh, yeah, hey. surely it's not an out of sight, out of mind thing. You know what no, I mean? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, Jane, uh, she came round to visit us in the garden a few weeks ago. Uh, I hadn't seen her. She brought her wee dog. I hadn't seen her for a long, long time. She was looking great. Um, and yeah, we. It's 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 not. Um, we spend so much time together. It's not the kind of situation where we're all sort of like in each other's pockets. It doesn't yeah. really work that way, especially after twenty years, you know. Mm -hmm. And that way, if something does come up, uh, you know, and you you end up in each other's company, you have lots to catch up on. I think Paul and Mark and Jane were talking about taking a show on the road, where they were going to talk about their experiences from the show. Oh, they were doing they were doing that with Ross Owen, weren't they? Were they not doing yes, that with Ross Owen? So, yeah, and I think that I, I think the pandemic might have paused it, but hopefully there'll be. Um, There'll be at some point they'll they'll get their heads together and 
because I think that'd be a fun a fun show for still game fans. Well, a, retro, a retrospective kind of thing. Yeah, just everybody's different memories and different mm. all the, the hijinks that we all used to get up to. It was a we used to have a lot of laughs just sitting around, just a lot of laughing. The the seven of us were very much on the same wavelength in terms of our sense of humor, which made the show. You know, like if I if I go on a show now and I've got a day on it or two days, I'm I'm really nervous. But when you were doing a show like that, because you were in so many scenes and you're with your buddies, it it did it it, it felt like a documentary almost. You know what I mean? It was. Uh, do you know what I got? I got what I got a kakuti uh, when people on Twitter dissect all the episodes of Still Game and then they realise that the continuity and everything. <laughs> is there, and, you get it every other day, didn't you? You know, this yeah. how come that you know I, Tam was this and Fingway was that, but that doesn't make sense because in the New Year's episode, how you, you handle that well, man. It is funny with with these pictures with the Jack and Victor the skull man. I love it. Well, you, <laughs> yeah, you go through different things, you know, like if people ask you if the show's coming back, you, you I just <laughs> picture of Jack and Victor's skeletons, which was from the from the Hydro show. We did a, a little bit in the very last Hydro show. You know, the show ended with Jack and Victor fading out and all the other characters fading out. And we started the Hydro by saying to the audience, right, we're dead. And we're, we're going to show you, would you like to see what happened to us? And they're like, yeah, yeah let's just show us what happened. And we put up this picture of these two skeletons Aye. with the hats on, the bonnets and all that. And I, I still kept the photo because it always made me laugh. And it was, it was, um, it was, we never filmed that show, that, that the Hydro shows, yeah. the last two of them. We never filmed them. We wanted to make them uniquely a theatrical experience. So yeah. it was fun. You know, the doors were closed and we were having a good laugh. And I've just, I've still got that photo. But yeah, you get people coming on Twitter and whatnot. And I really, I'm quite in admiration, actually. The amount of times people watch stuff, you know, fans tend to know the show better than the people that wrote it or the people that are in it. And so you'll get somebody asking a perfectly legitimate question about, when in the episode hatch, when you go through that door uh, to, <laughs> to Jack's, that would take you right outside the building. Look here, I've got a drawing of, of, the, of the, the schematics. You know, you know, the schematics <laughs> of the building, and I'm looking at it like it's like fucking Die Hard or something. I'm like, yeah, I can't argue with that. You know what I mean? He's 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 right. So you try to come up with colourful answers. You know, somebody once said, Francis once said she was a vegetarian. So how come she ate beef burger? You know, and I was like. Well, she was 66 when she had the baby. The doctor said, look, you're anemic. You need to eat some fucking beef. So that's why she ate beef. And well, that, that brings me to the question that everybody wants to answer. What the fuck happened to that Wayne? Tam's Wayne, eh? What happened? <laughs> Just give, give us a final answer. That way that you can you can tell people, go and listen to Football Daft. I answered it on there. He, he got adopted by a family in... Uh, in Bears Den, and he became the Fresh Prince of Bears Den. I don't know, Chris. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> no. The true, the true story, and we, we, Gary Spence asked us this, and we told him the true answer. And the true answer was that when the show came back, it was going straight onto BBC One, and up until that, you know, seven years previous, it'd been on BBC Two throughout the UK. Uh, but there was things that we did, like the pub had changed to the name of Jenny's. And you and Angus, our producer, said, look, I think you need to change it back to the Klansman. And I think that you're going to struggle to have a story with uh, Tam and uh, uh, Francis having a baby because it's been seven years and, and people watching this show for the first time will be, why the fuck do those pensioners have a baby? What the yeah. hell is going on? So that was uh, two, two little storylines that we just kind of uh, just kind of quietly parked and the show carried on. And I kind of love that people were going to ask me to tell them 90, where's Tam's way? And I kind of love it. So you just in about the writing now then, aye? Is this what you're doing constantly, waking up, getting something to eat? Just in about the writing, you know, messing about with some ideas for, for new sitcoms and whatnot. 
right. working, uh, uh, you know, with whoever, you know what it's like. It's like you have an idea, you call somebody up, you want to work on this. So the, I guess for, the, you know, for production, the pandemic's certainly in, you know, theaters, a lot of my friends haven't worked in over the theater for over a year and it's been heartbreaking and really hard. A lot of people I know have been turning their hand to developing ideas uh, because development has been has been moving along uh, quite briskly uh, during that time. So uh, ho here's hoping in the next couple of years I'll have thought of something funny again. But in the meantime, <laughs> I'm just like a fucking hermit. Uh, sure I, there was, there's been a few rumors going about recently that Jack and Victor were actually going to make a comeback in a podcast format. I, I, I called that. I called now, that as well. I said you, that we were talking about you, the radio. Can you shed any light on that for us? I, I don't, I don't, we've, we get approached occasionally to do a podcast. <clears throat> and I think, I mean, Ford, I wouldn't want to speak for Ford, but, but we do tend to be like-minded in our opinions. We both sort of feel that, you know, the shows kind of came to a natural conclusion and we don't, yeah. you know, you, you don't want to keep, like we've got this whiskey coming out, you know, and, and, and we're really excited about it and stuff. And that felt like a natural evolution for the characters, you know, to sort of go on a podcast and kind of keep, I don't know, just kind of keep going over it. It didn't really yeah. feel too rewarding for us, but who knows in a few years time, you know what I mean? Maybe we'll do something like that. But at the moment, it's like the shows speak for themselves. You know what I mean? The, the episodes yeah, speak for themselves. I don't think they need to be dissected by me but, and Ford. You know what I mean? But that would be interesting, but I know you, you don't want to rip the arse out of still game, right? However, Sitting, running about, and talking about all the stories with, with the cast members and stuff like that. You know, making a podcast style, a bit like how The Sopranos, how they've got their podcast where they, they, they pick an episode, they dissect it. That would be really, really cool. Yeah, that would be cool. How many how many listeners and, and view do you, do you have viewers or listeners? Is, is it so both? 400 a week, mate, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the most that we've had for one episode was around about two and a half million. Aye. Who so was that for again? That was, that was Dick Campbell, aye. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got you've got some big shoes to fill, Greg. So somewhere between four hundred and two and a half million. Aye, aye. Kind of average, I, I think it was everybody that was at Kelvin Bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that that uh, Real Madrid versus Eintracht Frankfurt game, isn't it? Aye, everybody in Scotland was at that game. <laughs> everybody in Scotland, and my dad was at it. But then so was everybody else's dad. You know what I mean? Oh, amazing. So, listen, have you never thought, I know that maybe yourself and Greg, eh, sorry, yourself and Ford, maybe don't want to bring the characters back, but have you ever thought about putting a wee bit of trust into a couple of younger actors and maybe doing a prequel show? Well, that would be really cool. Um, you know, it would be cool to, we at some point tried to develop an American version of it, which is really good fun. We worked with a wonderful writer called Dun Duncan Birmingham, and he wrote an amazing uh, still game script. Uh, set in Boston, you know, uh, and it was fantastic. It was so strange to read it, you know, and go, wow, this is like, it's like Still Game, but it's different. It's its own thing, you know. Um, if, if two young writers came along and said to us, we want to do a version of this show, come and see that. Big Benny, do you remember Big Benny? I remember uh, Benny well, yep. Come and see, come and see that. Guy. Is he there? Oh, oh my God, look at the size of him, man. He's a big, he's six he's a man. Jesus Christ. Oh, he's a man, what are you saying to him, Ben? You all right? Good to see you, mate. Good to see you. You can grow a better beard than me, man. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with yourself, there, Benny? No, I'm just trying to, trying to get a job now, just get past all this. You want to do a podcast? Going, right? <laughs> 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 why, why don't you do a still game podcast, mate? I'll bring, I'll bring you on. I'll bring it. There you go. That's a, that's a young Victor standing right there that we were just talking about. Give him the acting job. 
people would watch that show and go, fuck me, young Victor's really tall, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> the guy playing yeah, Bob, six foot. <laughs> anyway. Is Balamori coming back? What's the deal? Oh, Balamori, you need to ask Jules about that one, Grado. Yeah, I'm, I, I, uh, oh man, they, they all get on great. That was, a, that was such a fun show. I did one episode of that show. And I remember when she auditioned for that and she showed me the, the format and the concept of the show. And I thought, that's going to be big, you know what I mean? And, uh, wow. and it was on digital TV for a little while and the BBC were trying to push the tweenies. And Alan Yentob, no less, was in the meeting and he went, why, are we, why don't we push this show? It's doing huge business on digital. And within a week or two weeks, it was on BBC Two and the show just went huge. You know what I mean? Aye. And I my boy loved it. My boy was mad for it. And I remember when I walked into Oran War right. and I seen Jules, I was like, holy shit, man! <laughs> <laughs> but these Wayne shows, they stand the test of time, but didn't they? Because yeah, they yeah, can do really shown whenever. And, and, and kids remember them. And they, you know, like they used to have in the nursery, they'd have a bunch of kids working uh, with all the main characters. And occasionally, uh, a couple of times a year, Jules will be in a park or something like that. And this giant boy will lumber towards her and go, all right, Miss Hooley, all right, how you doing? I was in the nursery. Uh, I was uh, I was four at the time. And, and Jules is like, all right, son, how you doing? I, I actually got Jules to do a video for Kean um, because he, he was uh, gradled on one as well. He wasn't eating his dinner at the time. So I get Miss Hooley to do a video for him. That's and if you, if you don't eat your dinner and you this and that, right. the, next, the next night he's like, ah, rah, ramming yeah. it down his throat. And it's funny how these things stick because the, the makeup girl had said to Jules, what do you want to do for Miss Hooley's hair? And she said, do you know that video Groove is in the Heart by D-Light? And, and she was like, yeah, I know that. And she remember that girl's got that kind of lampshade hair and she went, I'd love my hair to be like that. And then I think poor old Jules was about an hour every day after that, getting the thing stuck into that position and sprayed all this. But it, these little things really make kids shows, you know, because the little iconic images and stuff like that, kids love them and they remember them, you know? Absolutely. So what you say, you, you mentioned the other day when I asked you to come on the show or a couple of weeks ago that you were busy writing. So what's the, what's the next project that you've got on the go? Oh man, honestly, I'm not being evasive or anything like that, but you know, I've, I've been tinkering away with various ideas for about two years since the hydro, since October 19. And then of course, you know, by March, 2020, everything was the shit had hit the fan. And so I, I occasionally put in an idea to the BBC and whatnot, but I'd be lying if I said it's going to be this because it probably won't, it'll be something else. Um, so I'm going to just keep developing away for the next wee while. And, uh, and I, I, you know, I felt, I feel semi-retired, which is a nice feeling for a writer. You know, if you, if you got to go and do something, then you're going to go and do it. But I won't do it until I've got something, you know, solid or I spoke to Ford and say, what about this? You know, or he calls me up and goes, hey, we should do this. You know, we, you know we'll see what happens. But uh, we're like sticks in the river, just floating down the river at the minute, Chris. Beautiful. Right. Get Beautiful. So, well, every, every week, Greg, we usually do a 90-second football quiz. Are you up for that, mate? Oh, fuck me. Excellent, yes. I can't I can't promise you I'm going to get any right. I'll, I'll probably get as many right as we did in the still game quiz. Well, hold yeah. on, right. I'll tell you the rules, right? <laughs> you, might, you might be up for this, right? So every week in Fitba Daft, we put our guests, Scottish football knowledge, to the test with a 90-second quiz. David Martindale, the Livingston manager, he's at the top. He's got a score of 16. Uh, joint second, John Sutton and Chip Young with 15. Mark Wilson and Keith Lasley are in third with 14. Other selected scores include Johnny Watson, he's own nine. Grant Stott and Barry from EastEnders is own four. 
At the bottom, it's a tie between Peter Lovenkranz, Derek Johnson, Craig Levine, and Mick Sue Patalainen on three. Greg, is there anybody that you want to beat? Uh, Craig Levine. <laughs> right. And all this shit housery. <laughs> it's a good laugh, isn't it? Come on, he's a good laugh. <laughs> oh, he's a good laugh. He's a good, he's a good wind-up merchant, isn't he? Um, aye, aye. So don't... basically what happens is there's 90 seconds on the clock, and here's the deal, Greg, you can't pass. You need to give an answer, right? You need to give an answer. No, it doesn't need to be the right answer, but you need to give an answer. It would I help. Understand. I understand. Okay, oh, fuck me. This is going to be tough. <laughs> Right, who's doing the questions? We'll ask the questions. Uh, you do, you do the right. questions. I'll so send them the answers. Seconds. John, are we ready? <laughs> yep. Scott Sinclair joined Celtic from which current English Premiership team? Southampton. Which former Scotland international is now Man United's technical director? Fucking Andy Robertson, I don't know. How many Scottish clubs has Stephen Naismith played for? Four. What Three. was the name of your character in Katie Morag? Oh, fuck me. That's not a football question, you son of a gun. Um, big fucking Billy, I don't know. <laughs> Who were crowned champions of League One? Your dad's team. Man. Oh, Thistle. Thistle. Who was the permanent Hibs manager before Jack Ross? Which American team does, does Lewis Morgan play for? Tampa Bay Rowdies. I think they're Tampa Bay. <laughs> In which series of Still Game does the episode Smoke on the Water appear? I'll go for series five. Name the two premiership teams that begin with the letter H. Two premierships. Give me that again, Grado. Name the two premiership teams that begin with the letter H. Hearts and Hibernian. Name either player in the Scotland squad who plays for Southampton. I'll go for fucking um, uh, the Chuckle Brothers. I don't. <laughs> Who was last season's Scottish Premiership tops top scorer? Was it uh, Edward? What is Winston's surname? Ingram. Glenn Middleton is on loan from St Johnson. I'll finish the question. Glenn Middleton is on loan to St Johnson from which side? <laughs> Tol, stop trying to give him the answers, mate. If Chris was me here, I'd be struggling. Uh, Rangers. <laughs> hey! hey! Oh, <laughs> Brilliant. Let's go through the raw answers, Greg. Uh, Scott Sinclair joined Celtic from Aston Villa. Uh, Darren Fletcher is now the Man United's technical director. Uh, Steve Naismith, three clubs, Rangers, Kilmarnock and Hearts. Your name of your character in Katie Morag was Donald. Um <laughs> Who was permanent Hibs manager for Jack Ross? Paul Heckenbottom. Lewis Morgan plays for Inter Miami, David Beckham's team. Uh, it was Hibs and Hamilton, not Hibs and Hearts in the Premiership. Oh, of well, course, te- technically, are... Hearts have won the league, so. I said, well, it was the current Premiership team, so I can't give you that one. Armstrong or Shea Adams, you could have had from Southampton and Scotland squad. Glenn Middleton, you got, we'll give you that one at the end. So, totaling up your score, you're above Craig Levine, you're on five, you beat Barry Yay! from East Well done. Hello there. By the way, that was an intense quiz, boys. That's, that's, uh... I can tell <laughs> fucking, fucking Andy Robertson, fucking, fucking. <laughs> there was more swears in that quiz than there was in the whole length of still game. <laughs> Greg, really appreciate you coming on the show, mate. Thanks for giving us your time today. Best, uh, Best wishes to the family and whatever you're doing going forward. I hope it goes well for you, man. Right. My pleasure, boys. Good luck with the rest of the Cheers, brothers. Greg. Hopefully see you soon, mate. All Good right, pal. See you. All right. Hey. 
Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. Right, Trips, what about that then, eh, Greg Kempo, eh? He was brilliant, wasn't he? No, seriously, but well done, Toll. That was you that managed to get Greg on, so that was good to hear. Um, somebody touch, with touch and go for a second, but we got him. We Aye, got him in the good, end. It's good to um, connect with somebody that has the same amount of football knowledge as me, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was, do you know what? I think you should do one of these football <laughs> quizzes at the end of the show one week. I'll do it. Mate, listen, who won the pie off this week? The pie off? The, <laughs> the pie off? <laughs> you know what I mean? Pied pie the cunt off, no. Just pied them off. Anyway, so I hope you've all enjoyed yourselves. I'm, I'm going to take this time to um, basically say there's a Patreon. If you want extra content, sign up. It's patreon.com forward slash football daft. You can get the video version there, the outtakes, the teammates, because we've done a wee teammates with Greg Kempel as well, and he kind of gave some funny answers. And then we've obviously got Rangers daft and Celtic daft. And then obviously, if you can really use a wee review, subscribe to us on Apple, all the rest there. Um, and it's at football daft across all the social medias. Anyway, hopefully Bob's back next week. Until then, catches. Catch. Audio Frontier.